Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the AwesomeO.com NBA Strategy Show, presented by No House Advantage. Got a nice little five-game slate today uh, to break down, a little 8 p.m. Eastern time lock, so it should be a good one. Hopefully, uh, the injuries aren't quite as crazy as yesterday, but uh, let's talk a little bit about yesterday's slate because there's a lot to digest. I felt like... Uh, I w- well, let me introduce uh, Adam first. Adam, ship my money share. Adam, how you doing, man? Doing pretty good. Uh, I was doing better before I knew that I had to talk about what happened yesterday. But uh, yeah, um, excited for today. It should be a fun sports day in general. A really nice basketball slate, five games, a lot of high scoring games. Uh, excited to start the day off talking about it. Definitely. And I mean, I'm sure the other sport you're interested in is NASCAR Xfinity Series, which is locked in at 5 p.m. Yes, <laughs> definitely not MMA. Uh, MMA. Okay. Um, so yesterday I thought I was sitting really pretty because I had Nikola Vucevic and he w- he went off for like 70. I was like, there's no way he's not going to be in the winning lineups. But then Embiid, like, I mean, no Simmons. And we kind of figured that when he missed shoot around, but that was just nuts. He had like 90 fantasy points. Did you have enough Embiid? Did not have enough Embiid. Uh, zero out of the the four main lineups I played was not enough Embiid. Um, not that, I mean, I, I had plenty of other things go wrong as well. But um, yeah, n- no Embiid for me definitely was not helpful. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. And then uh, there was some, uh, s- some value plays that smashed, like uh, Willie, a.k.a. Guillermo, Hernan Gomez. It was, uh, it was a pretty interesting slate. But uh, I'm not exactly hating the chance to get back into a new fresh start, especially. Uh, uh, did you see the the minutes limit thing with Kawhi, Paul George, and Batum yesterday? I, I saw the report that they were on an undisclosed minutes limit. I didn't see what it ended up, what they ended up playing or anything. Like my night, my NBA DFS night was over before that game even started. So I was just <laughs> on top shot and completely ignoring the Clippers game. <laughs> nice man. Yeah, it didn't matter for the main slate, but Kawhi played 38 minutes. Uh, he he only had like 45 fantasy points or something. So it was more of a shutdown thing. 
<laughs> he was limited because he he didn't play 40, I guess. Right. <laughs> if there was overtime, I'm sure he would have not played at all. Anyway, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about today's slate before we really jump into it, though. Guys, if you can hit the like button, and if you're not already a member of the channel, hit subscribe. That'll make sure you see all of our videos in your feed on YouTube. And uh, let's get these likes up, because I don't want to have to bully anyone later. And then uh, also, I want to mention our sponsor, No House Advantage. So uh, prop betting is uh, a nice way to make some money on some sports betting. And no house advantage is the best place to do that because you're not betting against other people in DFS style contests. You just pick your favorite props and rank them. And if you get the most right, then you're going to split the prize pool with everyone. So uh, they have a lot of NBA contests each night. And uh, you can download the app or uh, go to nohouseadvantage.com. And uh, the promo code Osmo gets you a first deposit bonus of $20. So make sure to check out No House Advantage. All right, Golden State at Charlotte's our first game on the slate. And Golden State played yesterday against Orlando in what turned out to be one of the biggest fantasy games of the night where Kelly Uber just had a monster game. James Wiseman uh, continues to be out as well as Kevon Looney. So that's opened up a lot because um, Wiseman is a pretty high-usage guy and gets a lot of rebounds. He's been replaced in the lineup with Juan Toscano-Anderson, who's someone that hasn't even been in the rotation all year. So I know uh, it's been a few games since Wiseman. Uh, it seems to really have benefited Kelly Oubre. And last night, him having a big game didn't hurt at all. So... Um, what have you made of Kelly Oubre now that Wiseman's out? Yeah, I think it's a combination of a couple of things. Um, for one, there's more usage available without Wiseman, and Oubre is certainly someone that will take some of those extra shots. Um, also, playing more minutes without Wiseman, which makes sense without him in the lineup. But then on top of that, just I think, you know, unrelated to Weissman, Oubre started out this year shooting unbelievably bad. Now he's shooting unbelievably well. Um, it's just one of those things where, you know, typically by the end of the year, someone – or players end up where you expect them to be in terms of, of shooting percentage. And if you start out really poorly, like Ubre did, typically you'll see a stretch like this where he just can't miss uh, kind of similar to like what we're seeing with Davis Bertans in Washington as well. Um, so that's played a, a role in it also, but um, yeah, it's, I, I think overall a situation where even though you don't, con- you don't expect him to continue shooting at the clip that he is right now, he should still benefit and produce at a higher than normal rate without James Weissman on the floor. Nice. Yeah, he's been uh, getting a lot of rebounds and and getting a lot of points, so that's been a nice little bump for him. And then uh, Draymond Green has been playing huge minutes. Now his usage is way down this year. His stat on the year is twelve point four percent. So that was a, that's a big decrease from last year, fifteen point six percent. So. Um, the problem was that earlier in the year, or, or when Weissman's been in, not only is the scoring down for Draymond, but the rebounding's down as well. His his block rate was down. You're at least seeing the rebounding and the blocks come back since Weissman came out and Green started playing at center. So that combined with the increased minutes has made him a much better option without Weissman. Obviously, you would like to see him score more, but he does have a 40% assist percentage in the games without Weissman as well. Um, he does, I think, kind of just help Steph Curry get going. He's, he's still a big part of the offense, even though he's not scoring. So um, I think the increased rebounding and the increased playing time is enough to to make him a good option as long as his salary remains where it is. Awesome, yeah, that's uh, great. Green is looking pretty decent tonight, and then Curry and Wiggins; those are the other guys that stand out as possible plays. So about five gamers, so we don't need to necessarily have crazy value. But Curry, he's seen his price come up to 10k on both DraftKings and FanDuel. And he has that dreaded one multiplier on Superdraft. So um, do you think Curry has really earned a 10K price tag? Because I feel like even in his prime, he never really reached that level. Well, I think he, he's an interesting one because, well, back on like 
back in his prime, it was always tough because he would play 30 minutes a night because the Warriors were so good. Now the Warriors have to play four quarters to, to win games. So you're getting him averaging 34, 35 minutes, which is nice. But he's one of those players that's interesting because like when you compare him to other 10 to 11K players, his per minute production isn't quite as good. Like he's around a 1.4 fantasy point per minute guy. When you talk about players, you know, just off the top of my head, like Joel Embiid, Luka Doncic, they're 1.6. So his average projection isn't going to, to be quite as good as, as players like that. But his ceiling is so high that like if, if Steph Curry were $9,000 where he projects for around 5X, he would just be like 50% owned every slate because he's going to give you so many games where he scores 60 fantasy points. So it's kind of a player where um, he, he has to be overpriced, I think, for his average production. And what that does is it'll end up pushing ownership down in tournaments, which makes him a good tournament play because you know that the ceiling is so high still. Nice. Yeah, I agree. I think that he's scoring way more <clears throat> this year. And it's kind of what we expected with some of the Golden State guys uh, being shipped off or injured. So uh, any interested in in Juan Toscona Anderson, who's been starting? Or I'm a little bit worried about the minutes now that they have a little bit more uh, healthy bodies. Yeah, I'm a little concerned there because, I mean, it's it's a situation where, like, he's been the guy starting, but we've seen Steve Kerr all season long not really – play favorites with his you know wing rotations like it's basically a hot hand situation Toscano Anderson last night didn't start the second half Michael Mulder played the first two and a half minutes and then Toscano Anderson came in I'm not really sure what happened there Uh, he ended up playing 25 minutes total but on the one hand um, there had been games recently where Toscano Anderson would have played a lot more minutes had the game not blown out and he was getting, you know, like 28 minutes and three quarters, basically. But on the other hand, there are still so many guys here, you know, Kent Bazemore, Damian Lee, that can replace those minutes that um, at, at the very least, I think he's a risky value option. Yeah, we might need some of those tonight because there are unlikely to be so. What about the Charlotte side? We have Devontae Graham listed as doubtful, but Gordon Hayward and PJ Washington should be back for this one. So... Uh, I would say if PJ Washington's back, that probably Cody Zeller and maybe Bridges a little bit, depending on what lineup they go with. Uh, do you think that two going back to the injured list is going to affect anyone? I think it helps solidify the minutes for Terry Rozier and LaMelo Ball. Um, it should also uh, get Malik Monk minutes off the bench, I think. Uh, he's priced up enough 5k on DraftKings. I'm not looking to roster him, but um, it, it helps him. I think that Washington coming back, I, I don't think it necessarily has a negative impact on Zeller. I think it's likely that you just see um, Zeller get his, you know, around 30 minutes. Zeller's athletic enough that he can be on the floor in this game. And then obviously you have a small Golden State front court. So I don't really see, I mean, they, they could go to Biombo. It's not like, I don't really see why they wouldn't just use PJ Washington as the backup center, which makes PJ Washington, I think, really interesting. He's only 5,300 on DraftKings. If you assume you're getting around 30 minutes from him um, and, and that, you know, more than half of those minutes are probably coming at center, those, those are really productive minutes for him. And his price tag really shouldn't be as low as it is, I don't think. Definitely, yeah. Fifty three hundred seems a little bit low for PJ, and uh, I don't think we need to remind you guys that he's a cool cat. So yeah, Zach. Uh, Lamelo Ball, he has the highest top per moment on the whole site. So people are really excited about Lamelo. I mean, I have to admit, his stats make him look like he could be the next superstar in the league. So, do you feel that way about Lamelo, and how do you feel about him in DFS tonight? Shout out to producer Jordan Klein for selling his top shot like last week at <laughs> like the lowest price possible. Um, yeah, I, I think that for one, I think he's really good. For two, I think that he's a good play tonight. I mean, on the one hand, there is some sticker shock because it's still, you know, a rookie at $8,800 here um, who has had inconsistent minutes this season, but he's in the starting lineup now. Devontae Graham is doubtful, so he should play a bunch of minutes. And it's a, uh, you know, Golden State's played at the second fastest pace in the league over the last month behind only the Wizards. Um, there's nothing really to dislike here. Like he's a high usage guy, but he also rebounds really well. He also gets a lot of assists. So guys like that that can contribute in multiple ways. Not only does it make their ceiling ridiculously high because they have triple double upside but it also just makes their it makes their probability of at least having a a serviceable game higher because you're not just counting on him to score even if he shoots poorly he's probably going to supplement it with enough rebounds and assists that it's not going to kill you so um i I do like Lamelo at even at 8800 on DraftKings. same yeah and Devontae graham being out shouldn't hurt him at all with the assists because Devontae graham 
as the second highest assist percentage on the team. So it's a nice little bump there. Now, Gordon Hayward is coming back. He missed one game. So we got to expect him to be full strength. How do you feel about him as a play tonight? I, I really like the salary on Hayward, especially because he's a small forward. Um, 73 on DraftKings, 7,400 on FanDuel. He's playing 35, 36 minutes a night. He's averaged over a fantasy point per minute. And he really hasn't seen much of a decrease even playing alongside LaMelo. So that was something I was a little bit concerned about with Ball joining the starting lineup was, you know, was he going to take production away from Hayward? Because Hayward is, has been good at getting assists this year as well as scoring. But you really haven't seen much of a drop off when they, they've played together. So um, I, I like Hayward here again, more possessions likely. Um, so, you know, yeah, I think that he stands out as a, a strong option too. Awesome. I agree. And then uh, Cody Zeller's price is way different on DraftKings and FanDuel. At 6400 on DraftKings, I'm probably going to not play him, but 5100 on FanDuel is pretty appealing. So what have you made of center position? What do you get to Zeller on FanDuel? Yeah, I think it's a really good value. And when you look at what's around him, um, there's not a ton. I mean, you have whoever is starting for Sacramento is is more expensive. Um Wendell Carter Jr. you know has his own issues. He's a little bit more expensive. It, it's not th- there's other good center plays, but they're not really priced at the same point as as Zeller. So um, I think that he makes a lot of sense as a value option if you're paying up elsewhere. Awesome. Next game we got Lakers facing off against the Heat. A little bit of a NBA Finals rematch, so that should be pretty exciting. And uh, for this one, Dennis Schroeder and. Anthony Davis are out shorter due to COVID protocol and Anthony Davis uh, has that lingering injury. So last game we saw Alex Caruso, he didn't start, but he got big minutes off the bench while Wesley Matthews drew to start. Now Wesley Matthews is a fantasy producer, even when he gets minutes. So I'm looking at Caruso, like maybe he's a value tonight, but I I have to know, am I just insanely biased because he's a fan favorite or is he actually a player? I think he's a play. I mean, it's not, it goes back to what you were saying last game too, that there's just not a lot of great value on the slate. You know, if you had guys like yesterday with Willie Hernan Gomez that are going to produce over a fantasy point per minute on average, then Caruso would look worse, but you don't really have that here. Uh, It's not a great matchup. It's not an overly appealing game, but I I think that with Schroeder out, those minutes open up with Davis out, there's more minutes and, you know, more usage in general. So um, I I think if you're going to get 26, 27 minutes from Caruso, he's... Oh, I think I see it here on YouTube. Thanks.
Yo, what's up, guys? Back here at the Osmo.com NBA strategy show. Just finished going over the first game. Now we're jumping into the Lakers and Miami game. Brought to you today by No House Advantage. So if you missed that first game, make sure to hit us up on our YouTube channel for that, that game, Charlotte and Golden State. But uh, we left off where we were talking about how the Lakers are affected with Schroeder and Anthony Davis out. One guy that really seemed to benefit yesterday or the other day was Taylor Horton Tucker. And Adam, you were mentioning him a little bit, but I'm kind of looking at him today for value because he's 3,600. Saw pretty sizable minutes in the last game. And you were explaining a little bit that it was a little bit of a fluky rotation. So how does that all combine to how you're looking at Taylor Horton Tucker today? Yeah, it was a little bit weird because uh... – Cantavius Caldwell-Pope subbed out after a minute 41 seconds in the third quarter and Horton Tucker came in and played the rest of the third quarter and about two minutes in the uh, fourth quarter then he also got some garbage time run to add on to that so like if you just go off the first half rotation for Horton Tucker he only played seven and a half eight minutes in in the first half and obviously if he plays 16 minutes tonight you're not gonna be very happy most likely with the result but I think the the main point here is that there's no real um no real certainty over who out of this Caruso, KCP, Matthews, Horton Tucker group gets the most minutes. A lot of it's going to be based on playing time. And they're, they're similar per minute producers, you know, for the most part. Um, Caruso's three quarters of a fantasy point per minute. Matthews is, is less. Horton Tucker is a little bit more. Um, KCP is around 0.6. But the point being, like, none of them are, are one fantasy point per minute guys. And it, a lot's going to come down to who gets those minutes. So um, ownership plays a big role for me in situations like that, because I don't really know for sure who's going to happen to get those minutes in this game. But I do know that the minutes are available and one or two of these guys are probably going to play 27 minutes. So um, I think that with them all being similarly priced, Caruso is the one that looks the best because I'm most confident in his minutes and he, he averages, you know, three quarters of a fantasy point per minute, but you certainly can also see a Horton Tucker or a KCP at the similar price point, be the guy that happens to have the best game out of the group. And Horton Tucker is a pretty good fantasy producer. So I think he's a nice value tonight, although a little bit risky with the minutes. KCP really does stand out as far as a little price tag for the minutes. He played about 28 minutes on <clears throat> the uh, last game, but <clears throat> he uh, what didn't play the last part of the game because it was a blowout. So that makes his minutes ceiling look pretty high compared to normal where He's averaged about 25 minutes of the year, but with Schroeder out, that's opening up a lot of playing time for uh, a wing or point guard. And KCP seems to be a guy that could benefit among others. So how confident do you feel like KCP is going to get a bump with Schroeder out? I feel pretty confident there. Um, like you said, he played 29 minutes last game. He didn't get the the minutes at the end in a non-competitive game. But also, as I mentioned before, he subbed out earlier than normal in the third quarter as well. So, like, if he's playing, if, if he's playing really poorly, then certainly you could get more Horton Tucker or more Matthews. But I think that at least the game plan going in is most likely for KCP to play 30, 32 minutes if this game's competitive. And while he does only average about 0.6 fantasy points per minute, when you talk about someone being near minimum salary on a slate where we have a lot of guys that we're going to want to pay up for and not a lot of very good value, um, it, it's just a situation where it's like, okay, even if I get 18 to 20 points, there's a pretty good chance that what that lets me get into the other spots in my lineup makes it worth it. Absolutely. I think he's going to be a popular play tonight and a, a good value. Although, as you're saying, not a great permanent producer. And then finally, LeBron, I think with no AD or Schroeder, he's going to have to really dish the ball out a lot. Schroeder's assist percentage is 22%. Wesley Matthews is 8%. So what I'm projecting here is that LeBron's going to get a bump in assists. Do you think that he's going to be able to reach a different level of fantasy production with Davis and Schroeder out? I, I think that you're right. This is probably do go up for him. Um, the thing that concerns me is that it, it's a relatively difficult matchup and you have this Portland Washington game that we'll get to later with guys to pay up for in that price range. Um, so far this season though, he has played 355 minutes without Davis or Schroeder on the floor. Um, he's averaged 1.48 DraftKings points per minute, 41.5% usage rate. So the assists have been there, the production's been there, but at the same time, it's not like drastically better production than you get from him on average either. Um, so, and that's what we've seen that in the past too, with in games that Davis doesn't play. LeBron's rates go up a little bit, but his, his per minute production only gets a marginal increase. So um, I, I think he's a good play, but I'm not 
expecting him to be like, you know, I'm not expecting a situation where like with, with Houston, when Russell Westbrook wouldn't play, you basically just had to play James Harden in every lineup. Um, I don't think it's that type of situation with LeBron. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I kind of feel like it might be, but the the price hasn't gone up yet. It's 10.2K on DraftKings, 10.5 on FanDuel. Uh I do think the matchup versus Miami isn't the greatest, but I'm I'm pretty confident that LeBron is a, a very good value tonight. It's just it might be tough to get to that top end guys, the top end guys, because there there aren't a ton of bomb value plays today. Now on the Miami side, I'm not seeing a ton of value. The Lakers are a pretty tough team defensively, so Miami is only projected for 104 points, pretty low in today's NBA, but. I mean, I, you got to love the, the finals rematch, maybe a little bit of revenge for Miami. So the guys that have been getting the minutes have been Butler, Nunn, Hero, Bam, Duncan Robinson. I'd say they're all in play, but no one's really jumping out at me. What are you seeing at Miami? Yeah, that's how I see it as well. They're all just pretty much priced where they should be. You know, Jimmy Butler has been great since coming back from injury or COVID, whatever it was that kept him out. Um, I think it was COVID. He, he's been great and you're getting, you know, 35 plus minutes from him. Bam is about a one and a quarter fantasy point per minute player as well. It's just that at their salaries, they don't really stand out because like taking DraftKings salaries, for example, and just looking at the small forward position from that, from guys that we've already talked about, you have Gordon Hayward for $1,500 less than Butler. Um, if you need to save money or you have LeBron for $1,300 more, you know, playing without Davis and without Schroeder. So it puts them at a really awkward price point where as good as Butler is, there are guys that just look a little bit better at his position. Um, same really goes for Bam. You're probably getting around 30 to 32 minutes from none, 32 to 34 from Hero. Uh, they're both priced. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Basically to play that many minutes as well because they've been doing it for a while now. So there's just nothing that, that really looks great to me. It's more of just if you have a chalky or tournament lineup and you need a lower own piece, you can certainly go here because the pricing is going to keep them from being overly popular. Um, and, and they do have high ceilings. It's just, they don't really grade out as um, particularly good plays. I don't think. Agreed. Yeah. Um, so is there any one player in particular that you might look at as a contrary and play tonight? I don't think so. Like there, there's just, there's not one that really stands out. You know, I think that as always Butler and Bam would be the ones you want to get to the most Hero and none in their price ranges give you a, a pretty nice ceiling, but there's no like one guy that I'm looking at and saying, you know, oh, I, I hope he's low owned because I really want him. Same. Yeah. I, I think this one is probably one of the less appealing games tonight. So let's go to, uh, to Phoenix and Memphis before we do, guys. Uh, since we had to restart the stream, if you could hit that like button again, that'll help us out a lot. Apologize for some of those issues with the, the lag, but hopefully uh, a little bit better now. Also, we have a lot of great tools behind the paywall at awesome.com. So you can get the weekly pass for all sports for $29.95. What are you getting? You're getting projections, ownership projections, range of outcomes, data that I'm, all, I'm using to build all my lineups each night to try to, uh, to win all these GPPs. I think there's a lot of value there. Or if you're just an NBA player, you can get it for $16.95 a week. So hit us up at Osmo underscore or Osmo.com. All right, next game we got is Phoenix and Memphis. So I'd say uh, Memphis is one of the weaker teams defensively, just a really young squad. And uh, Phoenix should be in a good matchup here. They have a fully healthy squad as far as we know. The one thing that seems to be in flux is who's starting last game. It was Kaminsky. The game before that, he didn't even play. So um, who would you expect to start this one? I'm expecting Kaminsky. Um, they had said previously that it was um, matchup-based why Kaminsky wasn't playing. I think uh, – I'm going back to look who they had played before. Um, played Orlando, played Philly. Assuming that Memphis goes with Brandon Clark, I would assume that Kaminsky – plays for Phoenix? 
Fair enough. Yeah, not really a DFS play because he's gotten his price up and he doesn't close usually, but something to keep note of because if Cameron Johnson or Jay Crowder started, that'd be a little bit of a bump. What about the rest of the Phoenix team? Because even though I think the matchup is good, like the pricing looks pretty tough on, on these guys. So I'm not seeing a ton of value here. Yeah, same boat, kind of similar to Miami. Um, obviously a better matchup, uh, a much higher total, but similar as, as far as plays that I think are, are fine in tournaments. They have high ceilings, but they're not going to, to grade out as the number one option at their position or at their price point. I still think DeAndre Ayton is a little bit underpriced for his, his upside. He's averaged over a fantasy point per minute this year. You're typically getting 33 and a half, 34 minutes from him now. He's only 6,800 um, on, on DraftKings. On FanDuel, he's 6,600. So like even if he just has an average game he's going to give you a, a decent uh, a pretty good score for his salary and he certainly has the potential to do better so I think a little underpriced there uh, Chris Paul and Devin Booker both guys that are hurt by the other's presence um, Booker around a one fantasy point per minute player this year with Paul Paul's at about 1.15 fantasy points per minute with Booker um, they're both obviously Devin Booker but um, it's not the most likely outcome here and the most likely outcome is that they kind of just are, are mediocre for their salaries I think yeah, uh, especially with some of the other games, they're standing out as maybe a team to fade unless we get more information. On FanDuel, the pricing is a little bit better, and Aiden looks pretty solid. But, man, I feel like he hasn't been able to really take a jump year over year. It's been a little bit disappointing. Yeah, he, he's been disappointing as far as expectations go this year. It's just that I think that the salary has more or less adjusted now. Like if he gets much lower in salary, he's going to just start being like 30% owned every slate. Uh, so I think he's pretty much where he should be for his, his medium projection, but he still has the upside for, you know, those 15 point, 15 rebound, double doubles occasionally. Definitely. Yeah. On the Memphis side, we had uh, D'Anthony Melton come back yesterday um, as well as Bain, but Dylan Brooks was out. So that opened up some opportunity. However, this game he's questionable. So we're going to have to take uh, two stabs at this one if Brooks is in versus out. If he's in, I'm not really seeing a ton of value here, um, especially given it's a, a little bit of a tough matchup. What are you seeing? Yeah, there's nothing that, that I really love. John Morant's salary jumped a few hundred dollars since last night. Uh, Valanchunas is still a, a decent value. Um, those would be the two that I look to regardless. Um, I, I do think they're both better if Brooks is out just because that's a 26% usage rate that disappears. But um, either way, I mean, if, if you get 34, 35 minutes from John Morant, he can go get you 50 fantasy points. If you get 28 to 30 from Joval, he'll get you, you know, 35, 40 fantasy points. But um, it, it is a slow Phoenix team. It's it's not the best matchup. Um, there are the, the two games we haven't talked about yet are both extremely appealing as well um, in terms of pace and lack of defense. So it makes it kind of hard to, to prioritize this one, I think. For sure, yeah. So if Brooks was out, is out, then last night we saw Brandon Clark get the start. And then he played big minutes. He had 34 minutes and uh, pretty decent fantasy points, 12, uh, 12 points and then 10 uh, peripherals. So tonight he's 5,500 and 5,800 on FanDuel. Would you say he's the primary beneficiary of Brooks sets? Yeah, I think so. Because with Clark, the thing is, uh, there, there's a lot of times where like he slides into the starting lineup and he ends up being overowned because people don't seem to um, take into account that he loses rebounding when he's playing next to Valanciunas. But with his price where it is right now, getting those extra minutes, I think is more important than losing some per minute production. Last night, you also got him. He, he wasn't the backup to Valanciunas per se, but he did get some minutes without Valanciunas on the floor, which makes him more productive as well. Um, but at that price tag, like if you, if you're going to get 30 plus last night, he played 33.8. If you're to get 30 plus minutes from Brandon Clark I don't really care that you know he goes from 1.1 fantasy points per minute off the bench to like 0.9 fantasy points per minute with Valanciunas awesome yeah it's uh, a good point where the permanent production next to Valanciunas isn't quite as good but the minutes should more than make up for that especially if they follow the rotation from last night where he played that many minutes so uh you'd also expect if Brooks is out Maybe John Morant or Joe Val as the highest usage guys on the team should benefit because going from Brooks to Brandon Clark, there's about a 7% usage gap between those guys. So who do you expect to take some extra shots in that? Yeah, I expect Morant to get more shots up. Um, Valanciunas, you know, to get some as well. But I think Morant would be the main beneficiary. We've seen his usage rate go up in the past without Brooks. One other 
just weird thing to point out. And I don't think it's super relevant because Kyle Anderson's really expensive regardless, but Brooks being out, I think actually hurts Kyle Anderson, which may seem counterintuitive, but um, his, one of the big reasons Anderson's been better this year from a DFS standpoint has been the increased rebounding numbers he's gotten from playing a lot of power forward. If you, if you're putting him in the lineup alongside Valanciunas and Clark, as opposed to just alongside Valanciunas, um, a lot of those rebounds are disappearing and he's not going to be the highest usage guy, regardless of who's on the floor. Like it's not like Dylan Brooks, goes out and Kylie Anderson suddenly a 25% usage guy so he really needs those peripherals and if you're taking away the rebounds you already have John Morant back taking away the assists uh, it makes it a, a even worse spot for Anderson yeah slow-mo uh he had a good run but <laughs> the situation isn't shaping up that great at his current salary tonight guys we're gonna be giving out 30 weekly passes when we reach 30k Twitter followers make sure to hit us up at Osmo underscore com give us a follow and then we also have a podcast network, awesome.com slash podcast. So if you like listening to these streams and podcast form, we got everything on there, excluding live before locks. So make sure to check that out. Also, uh, we did a survey and 80% of you guys said odds, uh, getting the best odds on bets is important to you. So we have the tool oddshopper.osmo.com where you can get the best line available for your state. So make sure to check that out. We also added a new feature where you can see our projected ROI for prop bets. So that's one of the more beatable markets. I think it's a pretty cool feature. Sacramento at Chicago. You're mentioning you think uh, the last two games have some good values. Let's set this one up. Prashan Holmes and uh, Harrison Barnes are questionable today. That's going to make it a little bit tough to predict who's going to play. So let's Talk about um, the team, if everyone's healthy, and then we'll break down who Holmes being out would benefit in Barnes. Yeah, so if everybody's healthy, then obviously that's kind of like worst case scenario for for DFS because this is a slate where we would like there to be some value. Um, Rashawn Holmes, you know, if he plays around 30 minutes, it's a decent spot for him. Uh, 5,700 on DraftKings, I think, is reasonably appealing. Um, on, on FanDuel, he was a little bit more expensive, I think. Um, yeah, 6,400, but still wouldn't be a, a priority for me, I don't think. Um, if Harrison Barnes is out last game, you got Glenn Robinson starting in his place. Um, Robinson played 23 minutes. Namanza Bielitsa um, could start for, for Barnes uh, last game. Bielitsa and Robinson both started with, with uh, Barnes and Holmes out. Bielitsa started, played 35 minutes. If Bielitsa is in the starting lineup for one of these guys, he's going to look like um, a pretty good option um his salary came up to 4700 on DraftKings, but he's about a 0.9 fantasy point per minute guy so if he gets the minutes he's still fine um but i think that it could just be robinson starting if like holmes is in and barnes is out so it is still going to be uh really lineup dependent and luke walton likes to screw with his lineup so um, probably gonna just need to to wait to know for sure there definitely yeah uh a little bit tough but abilities price has gone up since the other day where he had a big game I'm a little bit worried about him because he wasn't even in the rotation at the start of the year. So I feel like the minutes last game were a little bit fluky, but do you think he earned a bigger role? Yeah. I mean, it's so hard to say like his, even if you look at his recent games, he played 27 minutes with, uh, I don't know. I think Bagley, Bagley or Holmes was out like two games out. Yeah. Played or three games ago, played 27 minutes, same situation. The next game, he played five minutes and then he gets the start. So my general feel for, for Bielitsa, especially now that the salaries come up, if he starts, he's a risky play, but he's a very reasonable play. If he comes off the bench, I'm just running the other direction because like one, you would need him to produce at a really high rate to justify the salary. um, Assuming he's going to play like 26 minutes instead of 34, but also there's enough bodies on Sacramento that he could just not really be in the rotation here. And it wouldn't be the most surprising thing. So if he starts, you at least know he's getting opportunities. Um, If he comes off the bench, I really want nothing to do with him. I agree. Yeah. Beal eats off the bench is probably a no go for me. This game starts at 8 PM or sorry, 9 PM Eastern. So it's an hour after the first game. So that does make it tough to to make Bielitz a priority tonight uh, when building laps, unless we get some news about Bagley and Holmes being out. So, uh, sorry, Barnes and Holmes. Uh, Bagley is back. So Bagley was interesting. He had the minutes limit last game, but he, it didn't seem to, to stop him. But, um, okay, so if Holmes is out, Bagley got to start at center for the last couple of games. Do you think that improves his fancy value? Yeah, I think it does. Um 
he he's been on a minutes limit. He played 21 minutes in the first game, played 24.3 last game, but he didn't play it all in the fourth quarter. It looks like a situation where Miami had a really big lead. And then the second unit sort of kind of went on a run uh, and Luke Walton just really never brought most of the guys back in De'Aaron Fox played a few minutes in the, the fourth quarter, but um, Bagley never came back. He'll never came back. So I think that you could get like 28 minutes from Bagley. One of the beat reporters for Sacramento prior to last game had said that Bagley was still limited, but that his estimate was 24 to 28 minutes. So I I think that at his salary, if he's still starting at center, those are productive minutes. And it's also not like it's you expect um, Whiteside to have to take minutes from Bagley. Like if this were a game against Joel Embiid or something, it would just be like, okay, like Whiteside's going to have to step in because Bagley can't handle this. But Wendell Carter Jr., not the same type of center. So I think that Bagley should be able, you know, if he starts at center to play his full allotment of minutes at the position. Nice. That would be uh, something to target for sure. And then Whiteside's been a lot, like pretty disappointing as Chalk recently. His salary has still gone up. He's not getting the minutes. He's been getting around uh, 14 to 18 per game with uh, these guys out. So do you see any any appeal with Whiteside? If he's, if he's low-owned in tournaments, I think there's appeal just because the minutes are extremely volatile. Um, like, if, if nobody's going to play – like, so the thing is, if Whiteside plays 24 minutes somehow, like Bagley gets in foul trouble, Whiteside plays really well, whatever, um, just a weird rotation in general, he's – most likely going to just absolutely destroy a $4,800 price tag. The problem is that the most likely outcome is that he plays like 14 minutes, 14, 16 minutes, um, especially because Chicago is a team that they don't need his size against the backup unit either. Uh, it's not like they have a, a you know center that they need him out there for at all. So you very easily could get a game or a rotation just like you got against Miami where Bagley starts, Whiteside backed him up, um, basically in the first half um, didn't and then played like three minutes in the second half. So the, the one thing about his rotation against Miami, that's kind of weird is that um, it, it seems like it kind of just turned into garbage time and he lost a few minutes, but still probably would have only played like 18 minutes or something like that. Um, So even if you get 18 to 20 minutes from Whiteside, he has a high ceiling, but he's most likely going to disappoint at 4,800. For sure, yeah. Pretty risky, regardless of who's in and out. Uh, one guy I'm in, into is De'Aaron Fox. He just looks like a solid play, and if guys are out, even better. How do you feel tonight with Fox? I, I really like Fox. I don't really know what's going on with his DraftKings price tag um, or his FanDuel price tag. He's down to 8K on DraftKings, 8,100 on FanDuel. Pretty sure he was 8,800 on DraftKings last time he played. And it's not like he's bad or having a bad year or anything. Like He's averaging – he plays 34, 35-plus minutes as long as the game's competitive. He's averaging 1.2 fantasy points per minute. Like On average, he's going to get you 40-plus fantasy points in in normal games and then now you get a favorable matchup against the bulls um harrison barnes if he's out it's not like he's a high usage guy but he still contributes enough to where you know replacing him with someone like bielitsa or even better glenn robinson is going to create more usage and more assist opportunities too so um it just seems like a really good spot for De'Aaron barnes or De'Aaron fox (laughs) Uh, i agree uh, on the Chicago side, Sacramento is one of the teams that I love to target because they don't play very good defense. They have one of the worst defensive efficiencies in the league. And uh, that sets up pretty well for Levine, who you were pointing out yesterday, has been incredible this season. His true shooting percentage is up to 64%, and he has 31% usage. So that's really making a difference for the Bulls this year. How do you feel about him tonight? I love him here. I, I, the only issue is just like the guard positions are absolutely stacked on this slate. You know, we talked about Steph before. We talked about LaMelo. We just talked about the Aaron Fox, who's $1,200 less on DraftKings. We still have a Portland game that has obviously really, really good guard plays. So that alone will sort of keep exposures in check and probably keep ownership down. But it is a pretty bad Sacramento defense. And Levine just has been really, really good. He's seen his usage go up without Laurie Markin as well by a few points. So um, it, it's a situation where, you know, I think there's still some sticker shock maybe when people look at, you know, a 9K plus price tag on Zach Levine. But I think it's completely warranted. Like the guy plays massive minutes. He's averaging almost 1.4 fantasy points per minute. Uh, his per minute production isn't drastically different than Steph Curry. Um, and, you know, he's, he's, he's almost $1,000 cheaper on DraftKings. So I really like Levine. It's just a matter of, you know, how much can you get to when you're also having to, to roster so many other really good guards on the slate. Nice. I feel like he's uh, really reached a, a new level this season. So 
A nice play there. Uh, what about the rest of the Bulls? Is anyone jumping out at you? I think Wendell Carter Jr. looks like a good value. Uh, I know you and I had talked about it um, before, I think, I guess yesterday, that his minutes seem to be trending up. Um, he played, he had played 27 minutes or so two games ago yesterday. He played 25 minutes at the last, um, four minutes of the game in, uh, basically garbage time, or they just subbed him out, but either way played 25 minutes yesterday. So like, if you're, you're expecting at least 25, 26 minutes from him certainly could get more. And it's a really favorable matchup against the Kings team that not only has just been bad overall defensively, but has been incredibly bad defending in the paint. Uh, if Rashawn Holmes is out and you're getting Marvin Bagley there, it's even better for Carter, I think. So um, at 5,100 on DraftKings, I think there's some value there. Awesome. Yeah. I like Carter as well. Um, especially if he, it looks like Thaddeus Young has kind of gotten a bigger role in the ga- uh, rotation, but last game he didn't play quite as much as I was expecting. So maybe Carter can get some of those minutes back as he gets healthier. Um, let's go to the, the last game here, Washington at Portland. I know you're the big Wizards fan. So uh, tonight it looks like with the fully healthy squad, everyone is priced up a little bit. But uh, who who would stand out as a priority tonight for DFS? Yeah, I mean, with the Wizards in general, it's obviously just Westbrook and, and Beal are the two that stand out. Um, they're expensive, but I think that there's clearly still a high ceiling for them. And I don't think that because they are expensive, I don't think they're going to grade out as like the top options. So it will be appealing just to get to them, you know, in this game as, you know, a mini game stack or something like that, if you can. Um, Beal in games with Westbrook this year, still averaging 1.35 DraftKings points per minute, leads the league in scoring, plays 35, 36 minutes in competitive games. Westbrook is still triple doubling pretty much every game. Um, He's not been great from a real life standpoint because he still can't shoot, but from a fantasy standpoint, he's been very productive and playing big minutes as well. Portland, not very good defensively. So I think both of those guys stand out um, as, you know, really high upside options. Davis Bertans seems to, I mentioned it earlier when we talked about Ubre, but he started out shooting really poorly this year, um, but he's, clearly turned it around, set a career high last game in three-pointers. Not that you're expecting that same sort of, of production, but I think it just goes to the point where his his production this year has been down because of poor shooting, but you're not expecting that to continue. I think that at 5,600 on DraftKings, he's more expensive than I want to pay, but um, still 4,700 on FanDuel and most likely playing around 30 minutes here if this game's competitive against a team that doesn't defend well. I think that um, it, it's still a pretty reasonable value on a slate that doesn't have a lot. Definitely, yeah. Um, Bertans on FanDuel, he's a lot cheaper than DraftKings, so that's a nice one to know. And then Westbrook's a lot cheaper on FanDuel as well, so that would be a spot I'm looking at, 9200 uh, That would be his price last year, but on this team, he's doing a lot more. So I like him on FanDuel. On the Portland side, um, I mean, most of the guys have gotten back to, to full strength here. It was a little shorthanded for a little bit, but... Last game, Rodney Hood came back, and that kind of reduced some of the minutes for the the rotational guys. But Dame Lillard, Covington, and Trent, as well as Cantor, they seem to be getting the minutes here with, um, with the team in its current state. So who, who would jump out at you tonight? Dame and Cantor are the first two. Um, Lillard just has such a massive ceiling when he plays without CJ McCollum. Um, on average, he hasn't produced at quite the same rate this year without him as he did last year. But... Um, he's shown in recent games, you know, that he still has that 70 point upside and his production still has gone up without McCollum. Now you get one of the best matchups in DFS, the fastest team in the league, one of the worst defensive teams in the league and Lillard, you know, playing huge minutes as well. This just strikes me as the type of game that turns into a back and forth between Lillard and Westbrook or Lillard and Beal. And you just get a monster game from Lillard. Um, the Wizards also a, not a very good rebounding team and Ennis Cantor, while, you know, he can score some points, most of his DFS value comes from rebounding. I think that he has a good chance to have success here. Um, Washington, I haven't looked recently, but the last time I looked, Washington actually had been really good, for lack of a better word, at um, preventing offensive rebounds. But it's not because they rebound well. It's because the teams that they play shoot really well. So, um, you know, Cantor basically can lose some value just because the Blazers might not miss enough shots. But if they do miss shots, Cantor's getting rebounds. He's getting putbacks in this this matchup. So um, I think he looks good. And then Covington and Trent sort of as secondary options. The last time these two teams played, like I don't put much stock into, to, you know, film and stuff like that for DFS. But I do specifically remember it. Like they were just leaving Gary Trent wide open the entire game. And 
So it's not like, oh, Gary Trent shot better than normal. Gary Trent was just getting like warm up threes the entire game. Um, and he is still playing big minutes. So, you know, certainly someone that you could look to in tournaments. Robert Covington should get uh, more rebounding opportunities without Harry Giles as well. So I think this is a spot where um, he can benefit too, but the priorities are clearly Dame and Ennis Cantor. Great. Yeah, those are the guys standing out to me with uh, the nice offensive matchup here. Now, on FanDuel, everyone is way cheaper than on DraftKings, so that's changing it up a little bit. Um, and as Kander is 6,200, he looks like he might be one of the top the centers of the slate. And then Lillard's only 9,900 compared to 10.6 on DraftKings. I think 10.6 is closer to where he should be. And he has, over the last five games, we've been seeing the, the bump to usage and assists we'd expect with McCollum out. So... That's been nice to get a little bit slow start on that, but it's been picking up. Now, um, what about the other guys on the team? Anthony Simons, Carmel Anthony, Rocco, any interest? Not really. I just don't – I'm not con- – well, Rocco I do um, because he's getting backup center minutes. Uh, he, he's playing a lot of minutes when cancer is not on the floor, and his rebounding percentage when he's played this year without any of the centers is up around like 12%, 13%, which for him obviously is important. And then also he's probably going to get some wide-open threes against the Wizards, um, and he's playing huge minutes. So I do have interest there. Carmelo is tougher because like I expect him to be productive when he's on the floor. I just don't have a lot of confidence in his minutes. Um, Anthony Simons, basically the same thing. Like it's tough for me to expect more than, you know, 20, 21 minutes from him. If he gets to 24, 25 though, he probably ends up being a good value. So I would throw Anthony Simons in the mix with like Alex Caruso, only 3,900 on DraftKings. I don't think that they're like drastically different plays. Um, Derek Jones Jr. is really cheap too. If you need a, a Ford value, certainly not the most productive player though. And with Rodney Hood back, there is one more person in the rotation that potentially could squeeze his minutes. Definitely. Yeah. Simons, he's been getting pretty consistent minutes over the last five games and Hood hasn't seemed to affect it that a, a ton. I think he's a decent value, as you're saying, kind of in that Crusoe range where I need some of these guys that are coming off the bench to really get the studs in tonight. So I like him. Um, final thoughts on the slate, a nice little five gamer late start time. Oh, how do you think this one's going to play out? It looks really fun. I think it's going to be a a situation where you end up having to just roster some value that doesn't feel very good, assuming we don't get, you know, injuries between now and then. But I think it's going to be a really fun one because the last couple games of the slate should be really high scoring. Awesome. I hope, uh, hope you're right, man. Like, uh, and maybe we, maybe some less crazy outlier performances so that your whole night doesn't revolve around having one guy. That's what I'm rooting for here. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in to the NBA Strategy Show. We got a lot of DFS content coming at you today. So first, we got the NASCAR show covering tomorrow's race. That's at 12 p.m. Eastern with Jason and Phil. NHL, Jake and Cliffy are our guys on that one at 3 p.m. And then behind the paywall, we got Terry McBride talking some NBA DFS about how you can use the tools on the site to really build a strategy. Um, 